What's up, you guys? And before I get started with this episode, if you guys want to create your own podcast, I really encourage you guys to go and try out Anchor.fm. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify and many, many more for free. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. Okay then, what's good you guys? This is Yo Correct, and in today's episode, we're going to start off with Destiny 2 Explained. In the last episode, we did The Crew 2 Explained, and I think I did a pretty good job of covering the mechanics and features of that particular game. Um, anyway, in the Destiny 2 Explained episode, we're going to be covering not just the features of the game, but also a little bit of tiny, I guess we could say tiny increments of backstory um, regarding the game. Um, inclu- um, I guess we could say some lore and some other um, aspects of the game that come from Destiny 1 era. Um, we're going to start with the Red War, and we're going to work our way up to... Um, I'm going to say we'll work our way up to Forsaken... I honestly don't want to go all the way up to the Witch Queen because it's a little bit far in advance. And then also, um, even if there is enough data on the subject, there's nothing to say that somebody, um, nothing to say that somebody with either good or bad intentions has something has something different. And to avoid that whole argument, I'm just going to go up to Forsaken. Um, because there is, because in some aspects of games, there's some debate as to how certain things happen. And so Forsaken and Back to the Red War, we have more concrete evidence. With the later expansions, we still, still have a little bit of debate going on in the community. So that's why I'm just being a little bit safer than sorry. Okay. So, for starters, with the Red War. Well, let's see. How actually did the Red War come about? Well, how did we get Dominus Gaul? Actually, more importantly, how did they even know that the Guardians and everybody were on Earth? How did they get to Earth? How did they get into the last city? And how in the world did they blow up the flipping Tower? And almost kill Cade in the process, which, as we know, sadly, my favorite hero died um, in Forsaken, even though he was subsequently spared. Um, which is kind of which is kind of upsetting for a lot of players. I know Cade Six was our favorite, but let's get started with what we know. In order to really trace how the red how the Red Legion got into the Last City, you need to go back into Destiny One. Actually, you don't even have to read the lore cards. You actually have to go into a specific mission in Destiny 1. Um, so, there is there was a mission in Destiny 1. Many of you guys remember it on the Dreadnought. It was a specific mission related to the Skyburners. Um, supposedly a Distress Beacon. Now, whether or not the Distress Beacon got out in Destiny 1 was some matter of debate. And according to the lore, it must have because... Obviously, the Red Legion went knocking on our doorstep, like, literally not even, I would say, no more than 10 years later, which is actually a good fitting of time, because um, 
the Guardian, still speechless from Destiny 1, um, act until Forsaken, actually does come um, in his ship from, if you guys remember correctly, from the Destiny 1 franchise, the same location and the same angle of shot that we had in Destiny 1 when they came to the tower for the first time. In Destiny 1, the first time they went to the tower, they went through the clouds, it was a beam of light, and the last city was not on fire. In Destiny 2, they went the same way and came through the same angle of clouds, but in this instance, the clouds were black and the city was literally raining hell on fire. That was that was literally the contrast. Other than that, the intro to Destiny 2 is almost the exact same um, with a little bit of backstory as to what happened before Dominus Gaul's main ship came into the city. Anyway, regard regardless, we literally know that the Skyburner's mission is why they were there in the first place. You see, after they supposedly sent the signal, or did not send the signal, um, whether they stopped it or not, somehow the Red Legion managed to get fragments, if not all, of the signal. And what? why is that important? Because a distress beacon to the, to the Cabal, unlike to other races, is an act of war. And in, and in most cases, other races have been perceived to um, see those as act of war as well, although we know from the Taken King's perspective that, his, death, that the death, his was related to the death of his son and not to battles with the Guardians, as because, as because for the most part, um, at the time, the Hive are our enemies, however, they did not become a extreme basically warring aspect of our franchise until the Taken King expansion because because we were still dealing with with the Fallen and the Vex primarily at the time. So it was as if they were just side bits until the Taken King. But during the Taken King, the Sky um, unlike the other races, the Cabal actually took this as a direct to heart approach for war. Why? Because they're a warring race. Why? Because actually Dominus Gaul was disowned by Callus and his corrupt council men. Why? Because Dominus Gaul cheated Callus, came back to power, and basically convinced one third. Yes, this is um this is almost exactly like the one third of angels turned against God in the Bible. Kind of one third, the one third of the cabal that he would eventually steal to his side. And, um, as we know in Destiny 2, they made reference to his greed and corruption, which almost destroyed the Cabal, leading us to know that he subsequently enlisted one-third of the Cabal to his side, while the remaining two-thirds were on other factions, and then, there, and then there was a small percentage of those that were still loyalists. Of course, we defeated these loyalists, supposedly, but Callus supposedly still exists. I'm not exactly sure why Callus is a robot in like in basically every single Leviathan raid um, except Eater of Worlds because Eater of the Worlds is a giant vex, but um, apparently he's basically a robot. Um, but we know that Callus exists. He's just so-called toying with us. Um, other people's words, not mine. Um, basically, he's toying with us. So anyway, that's the background of how um, of how they actually got the beacon. Now, how did they get in? Well, you know how they got in. They took out the satellites. What did Ikora say? 
There are no satellites. Why does she say it? They literally destroyed the satellites. Like, she literally said, quote, they are not there. I mean, there are no satellites. Talk, um, talk about Crucible all over again. You guys will probably, you guys will probably remember this Easter egg. But got shot, shot, take got shot, then it got dropped, damn, they got popped, damn, nigga got shot, what the hell, fast face, hot, Corbin got kidnapped, they found his balls, he was right, Corbin, meet you up the balls. Yeah, that Easter egg. The one with the Crucible Easter egg in it, the TikTok video that everybody now basically loves. Anyway, besides the Easter egg, um, we do know that basically um, with no satellites, they have no way of tracking the enemy. Actually, they probably do have ways of tracking the enemy, but now they can't track what's coming into their system. Now that they've destroyed the satellites, they break in. And this is the part where it gets rough because the Guardian's almost killed. The Guardian literally limping on basically two legs with one arm um, held down in agony. He gets revived um, basically, but there's no light. So he basically cannot respawn if he dies completely. Um, he's only able to be healed. Um, and, then from there we, and then from there we go forth where they actually get the light back and take back the city. Destiny went to Red War explained how they got in. And now we have to and now we have to look at the Curse of Osiris um, franchise as well as the Warmind franchise, which are both build-ups to Forsaken. And these are very important because they also give us insight as to the Vex Offensive, which later comes in Shadowkeep, and the Warmind campaign gives us um, insight into Rasputin and Clovis Bray, which deals which deals heavily in Beyond Light, more specifically the Deepstone Crypt Raid. These are very important, so if you have not played these expansions, I would go ahead and play them, because those are critical to the storyline, especially because Curse of Osiris' background knowledge into Shadowkeep, um, leads into Shadowkeep's um, Vex Offensive, and like I said, Clovis Bray um, references in the Warmind expansion with Rasputin is basically, basically he's, I think he actually is Anna Bray's father, which is actually kind of an interesting dynamic. But anyway, regardless, um, even though Anna Bray's a good guy, regardless, um, that expansion feeds into Beyond Light. And whether they're, whether they're direct expansions that feed into another one or not, which are most likely not, the references that they have in them and the lore behind them actually does give us those two expansions after Forsaken. And now with Forsaken, well, Marasov did not go missing. Actually, Ultron was actually tricked into believing that he was missing. Why was he tricked? Well, because um, Sabathun actually, as a matter of fact, let me backtrack. I'm going to tell you why I'm going to backtrack. Because, you see, in the lore it says that Savathun may be responsible for the Chimera and all the deception in Forsaken that le leads to his death and rebirth as Crow. But, now we have the Witch Queen, which is Zivu Arath. Now, why is this important? Because, well, Zivu Arath is a liar, and Savathun is somewhat a liar, but Savathun wants to uncover, uncover the real truth. Zivu Arath wants to just tell the half-truth. And so, since we know that she's a master of deception, well, we can most likely infer that even if Savathun was responsible for the deception in Forsaken, 
she may not have had, had such a big hand in it as we thought she did, because even though they both have the same power to deceive, one of them is directly tied to deception, and the other one, Sabbath in particular, is um, tied to neutralization and, um, and wants to make a deal. And why is making a deal important? Well, because Kaido made a deal after after Zavala was almost killed the same way Cade was, and Crow saved him and got the thing off of his ghost. And see and see the scion that pulled the trigger. Well, he's gonna end up being tried and and basically killed by firing squad or by death for treason. Yes, that is treason. Because um, 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 they're not supposed to orchestrate an attack without their leader's permission. That is a thing. Um, even um, even in real life, we do have we do have such a thing as thing as like treason or treason by attempt to um start a rebellion or start some sort of war um against another people without having a clearance from the government. That is actually a thing. So yeah. You may, so yeah, you may be wondering what happened to that Scion, by the way. Oh, he's on the run. We know he's still embedded. He just, they haven't found and tried him yet. But supposedly, in the Witch Queen and the expansions that follow, they're probably going to find out who did it, and they're probably going to go ahead and try him for treason and put him to death, because that is a death-worthy offense um, in, in, in that in that world apparently um so anyway now that we've done the actual expansions explained let's go to the features explained i wanted to focus heavily on the crucible aspect because crucible is the first to ever get overhauled before anything else and this is because it's a pvp aspect now me being a crucible player and i don't even do much pve besides gambit every once in a while you some of you guys may know um pvp is core in my mind i've only i probably spend 90 percent of my time on pvp so this is so this is something that would apply to PV, strict pvp players now, for PvP players, the features that I'm going to go over is the, is um, regarding a lot of perks and mainly just some subclass overhauls that we have um, reference to because they are going to do some more overhauls. And I just want to go ahead and let you guys know there are 32 bounties you need to go ahead and collect for next um, expansion. It will not be on Game Pass to start off with, as we've been told, but if it does come out on Game Pass, I'll be the first one to let you guys know that I'll probably be playing it um, to start off. Um, anyway, um, also it's supposed to snow here to snow here later today, fun fact for you, so we're supposed to have ice to start off with. Uh, if my power goes out and I have episodes to upload... I am going to be so furious. The last time I tried to tried to do something in a storm, playing a game in a storm, this was about a couple of years ago. This was before I had my podcast. I tried to like, do some stuff um, on my console and whatnot, and the power went off. And Lord, I did not save. I lost an entire house, entire swath of buildings in Minecraft. I was building a city. I lost everything. Note to self, get a generator. You know, you can't afford a generator. Well, save save your gosh dang work, people. Save your gosh dang work. Save your work. It, you, you, will, you will thank yourself later. You won't have any regrets. Well, unless you made something bad, 
which case you probably regret your whole life by that point. Um, but anyway, um, regardless, we have the overhaul. Um, Destiny 2 Witch Queen um, overhaul. And this is the overhaul list for subclasses. Um, I do need to... Um, it's got to be focused on Void. Um, now, why is this important? Because Void is going to get a huge overhaul. Yeah, they're going to get a really huge overhaul. And so, yeah. Um, the changes will start with the Void subclasses. They're going to get it first. Now, this is mainly a PvE overhaul. This is a rare in Destiny because they usually start with PvP first. But the reason why they're not starting with PvP first in this particular expansion is because with every new DLC that comes out, they typically start with PvP because they have new PvP game modes and other tweaks that need to be done to PvP because of cheaters and or um, just complete overpowered sweats. They just want to make them even more sweatier in my opinion but they even even with that being said they usually start with pvp but this is different reason why they're starting with pve this time is because with the um lucent brood bearing light in this expansion they're probably going to need to make sure that the light subclasses work properly against other light subclasses that are actually lies of dark so that's the main that's the main reason why they're going to be doing that but also, it's got to start with Void. Void, and there are going to be a little bit of changes. For for starters, there's going to be some very good buffs to the Void, um, Overshield, Void, um, Bubble, Void, Sentinel, Banner Shield, you suck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Banner Shield would get an overhaul, too. Um, I hate Banner Shield. Why do I hate Banner Shield? Because it's a shield that you can shoot through. It only lasts like three seconds probably like five, and even if you do get it to last longer, you get shot from the back with a headshot or a body shot twice, you're dead, doesn't matter, Banner Shield is the worst subclass in Destiny history, and you and you can quote me on that one, that one, because I'm pretty sure everybody agrees, I never ran Banner Shield, nobody runs Banner Shield, except for the people that, well, just have basically all the skill in the world that they think they can run it, and even when they and when they die, then they scream into their mic. So don't get me started on that. Um, but yeah, long story short, I don't not sure if the darkness subclass is going to be an overhaul. What's weird about this is uh, it seems to be a pattern. With Beyond Light, we got our first darkness subclass, and what seems to be happening is we seem to be making a switch. We have no idea how the Hive got light sub light subclasses, and we have how they set subclasses in the first place, which which means by technicality and by default, we actually are. Some people are trying to speculate that this might be what we're we kind of both feared and expected, and believe that would happen. That would be very good. We may we that mean that there may be some rumors going around the community that we might actually be switching subclasses between light subclasses to dark subclasses, and that they might be getting light subclasses classes, and that there's going to be a whole societal societal flip um, where the darkness gets light subclasses and then they become dark um they become darker with light darken with light and they have the ability to wield light and that the guardians get access to darkness and then because of this both classes of races of people will be able to wield both actually if that happens that would be actually very interesting because 
with Lightfall, it it was too it's too early, but it with Lightfall, it the name was literally Lightfall, which means there might be something to do with darkness, um, obviously, and there might be some fall of light. And supposedly, if we um, supposedly with the final, if we do go to the final shape, we may or we may that might actually prove to be interesting because now it because now it's now what I'm saying is starting to line up. It looks like it looks kind of looks like a switch, but it's too early to tell. Now, what I will say is this: if we do switch and with the fi- and then with the final shape end up get, being able to wield both as a whole, that would actually be very interesting. Because that would mean that would also mean that if the other races were able to wield light and dark, then they're made and then and then with the cabal and other races making some sort of compromise or deals to try and take down Zivorath and her minions. And there may actually be room where there might be some change in those um races, and there might be universal peace. And if there is a universal peace, then that would conclude the Destiny Saga, because the whole th- point of the Destiny Saga is to bring peace to their home and to keep other enemy races from taking it over. What better way to do that to than to make sure all the evil people are dead that all and and that and that all the people that are good or neutral, like Cadel and her army, or the, some of the fallen, actually actually do um, become allies with the guardians. And if that's then if there's a universal peace and a universal order, then there is no more conflict. Actually, resolving the whole conflict of destiny two as a whole, and that and that would conclude the entire game because then there'd be no need to fight anymore. There would just be season passes like Fortnite. Don't mention Fortnite to me. I only mentioned it that once as a reference. But in the future, Fortnite on this podcast is bam, is basically a banned word. The only time I would ever play Fortnite on this podcast, which I have not done in a long time, is if, for, exa- for example, there is a absolute need for content and I have no choice. Otherwise, Fortnite is a banned, should be a banned concept. Not to say that nobody likes it, but it's kind of, but it's kind of a little bit cheesy in my mind. Um, you get the point. Anyway, that is your Destiny 2 explained. I hope to do Destiny 1 explained in the future. I'm kind of debating that. Um, I'm really just sitting here just fiddling with stuff right now because there's nothing else to fiddle with. Um, and I will see you, uh, see you guys or talk to you guys in the next episode. Also, I just wanted to say, kind of wanted to replay the Easter egg. Also, go to my TikTok. Do it. If anybody asks why, it's because I sit you. I'm just kidding. No. But please go visit my TikTok. It's a very good TikTok. I have um, only three videos, but I'm trying to get more. Also, there's some light content in there that I think you guys would enjoy as well. Goodbye. Got shot, shot, take, got shot, ah,